It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. It's rivalry week in the NBA. And while a lot of people don't think the Orlando Magic have any rivals, yeah, I saw you people on Twitter that complained about my jokes. The Magic do have a big rival and have a big game on Friday against the Miami Heat. We're going to dive into the matchup with Locked On Heat's Wes Goldberg. That's right. It's a crossover episode of Locked On Magic. You are Locked On Magic, your daily Orlando Magic podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, welcome to a crossover episode of Locked On Heat and Locked On Magic, your daily podcast on both the Heat and the Magic. I'm Wes Goldberg here with the host of Locked On Magic, Philip Rossman Mike. However, you might be tuning in, YouTube, Odyssey, the podcast. Thank you for making Locked On Heat and Locked On Magic your first listen every day. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit fanduel.com slash locked on today. To get started. All right, like I said, crossover episode for you all today. Talking Heat Magic ahead of tonight's game. Uh, first time these teams are playing each other all season long uh, here on a Friday night. So we're going to talk about the keys to the game for both teams and then look ahead to what both teams need to do before the trade deadline. So we'll get to all that. First, uh, what's sort of the most interesting thing going on with the Orlando Magic right now? I mean, honestly, I think the most interesting thing is that this this team is starting to come together. I mean, they're they're super young, obviously, uh, one of the youngest teams in the league. But uh, their starting group of Markel Fultz, Gary Harris, Franz Wagner, Paolo Bancaro, Wendell Carter has the second best net rating of any five man group in the league uh, that has played more than a hundred minutes uh, mm. so far this year. So they are their team that that's very young. They make mistakes. They have their struggles, but. They are starting to kind of piece some things together, and and, and you know, despite what uh, uh, some some Celtics broadcasters might say, um, their record is I don't think indi- indicative of how well they're playing or how good they can be. Um, they they do have ups and downs. They're young, like I said, but um, this is a team that's starting to figure some things out and is you know kind of on the outskirts of that play-in race, kind of looking in. How is Jonathan Isaac factoring into all of this? Uh, you know, he is, he's playing eight to 10 minutes per game right now. I'm not a hundred percent sure he's going to play in Friday's game. Uh, I imagine they'll hold him out of the back-to-backs. They have a home game Saturday against the Chicago Bulls, uh, in Orlando. So, uh, I'm not hundred percent sure he'll play uh, on Friday. Um, but he, he is already kind of stepping in and making an impact. Um, you know, again, you expect him after the long layoff to have a little rust, but defensively he's all there. He's still a huge presence defensively, even if he's not, all the way back to where he was in 2020, but you know he's getting his feet wet and, and, and contributing to a team that's you know won its last two games now. I want to talk about the two young guys, Paolo Bencaro and, and Franz Wagner, a little bit more. Um, let's start with Paolo. This is going to be uh, Heat fans here in Miami their first opportunity to see him live if they're going to be going to the game, and obviously their first time to watch them play their team uh, if they're watching just on television. But um, I love Paolo. Everybody loves Paolo. If you're an NBA person, you love Paolo. I don't know that 
He's he's in that sweet spot where nobody dislikes Paolo Bencaro right now. Um, except for DeJounte Murray. <laughs> except for DeJounte Murray. That's right. Um, talk to me about – maybe I'm wrong here, but I just – I feel like Paolo – we know the talent, the size, all of it, right? And the scoring numbers, he's going to win Rookie of the Year, whatever. We know all this. I just – I feel like something with the Magic has also sort of shifted. They're not winning a ton of games, but they feel like that they're confident. They feel – is that a Paolo thing? Is there sort of like a an aura around him? Is he does he have those leadership qualities? Like what's going on there? I mean, I think I don't want to say it's all a Paolo thing, but it it definitely like winning the number one pick and getting a guy who is putting up numbers as a rookie that we haven't seen since like Blake Griffin, LeBron James, like the the the, the I mean the, the kind of statistics that we're talking about with Paolo Bancaro, we're talking about elite level players in the league. Uh, right now and and in history um you know like he's doing things as a rookie that the magic haven't seen since Shaq um which right. again again magic history isn't that long so maybe that isn't that as impressive but um he's doing things that we haven't seen as a rookie since you know Blake Griffin had a great rookie year since LeBron James right. you know like those are the kind of people and rookie seasons we're comparing Paolo to so there there is definitely something to it that Paolo is kind of the catalyst for changing everything uh, and, and kind of changing the confidence in the way this team plays. Um, he is someone that this team feels very comfortable giving the ball to and saying, go get us a shot, go get us to the foul line when we need a basket. Um, you know, it's, it, he wants to be a good teammate and he is a good teammate, but it, it definitely feels like there's a lot of, a lot of magic players just trying to say like, Hey, we need you to push us. Sometimes we need you to kind of get us going sometimes. And, and that's a lot to ask of, of a rookie um, uh, of any young player, but especially a rookie uh, and he has kind of taken to that role and really succeeded in it. Um, you know, you'll see, I'm sure, you know, I, I'm really interested to see how Miami matches up with him because I imagine they will put Jimmy Butler on him and they will mm. put their best defender on him and try and lock him up one-on-one. -on -one. And frankly, it's been a while since we've seen Paolo Bancaro get one-on-one -on -one coverage because every team is just sending double and triple teams his way. Um, obviously that size is going to be a huge factor. So maybe you might see Bam Adebayo, but Paolo Bancaro is the kind of guy that demands that you put your best defender on him to try and stop him, or he's going to score and, and pretty much score with ease. Jimmy Butler is saying today after practice that he is going to play Friday night. He, of course, missed the Celtics game uh, earlier this week. So uh, I think you're right. I think Jimmy Butler is the guy. I, I don't know. You can't really put Bam on him too much unless they're going to switch a lot. Um, and sometimes the Heat kind of vacillated between switch everything and switch some of the things. Um, and, but with how much size that the magic have on the floor at this, especially kind of having people at that center spot, I don't know that you can really afford to move Bam around. So it's going to be Jimmy, Caleb Martin will probably see some time, even though he's going to be giving up some size in that matchup, but Caleb's always given up size in almost every matchup. But, um, in terms of where the, the Miami heat are, um, they're 16 and six in their last 22 games coming into this game. They're now outside of the play-in tournament. They're six in the in the they're the sixth seed in the East. They're number one in the Southeast Division because they just it feels like they always are. Um, even if someone someone's got to be, someone has to be. <laughs> it feels like if the Heat were like fifteen and thirty, they would still be first in the Southeast Division. Just they're always first in the Southeast Division. Um, they probably just don't update it because they just assume. Uh, the, so the Heat are twenty-seven and twenty-two, five games over five hundred for the first time all season. All this stuff basically adding up to. Like what you said with Orlando, you said like the magic kind of feels like they're kind of coming together now. Uh, you're getting some of your guys back and all this stuff with the heat. It's very similar. They're they're healthier than they've been all season long. It feels like they've figured out 
sort of what it, how it is that they want to play on both ends of the court after having, you know, losing PJ Tucker and some other guys in the offseason. All right. Defensively, they kind of figured it out. Bam out of bio, defensive player of the year candidate. Everything's around him. Offensively, it's just a lot of Tyler Hero and Bam out of bio pick and roll. Jimmy Butler kind of picking his spots, cutting off ball and all that kind of stuff, every, getting into his post-ups and bully ball stuff every so often. And then everybody else is trying their best to space the floor, even though they haven't been uh, hitting threes all year long. Um, but that's basically where both of these teams are heading into t- uh, tonight's matchup, so or, or Friday night's matchup. So I am really interested to see how these two teams sort of collide because the other part of this too is the Magic always play the Heat really well. And the Heat of like the Celtics win was a good one. The Celtics were without four of their top six rotation players. I really felt like the last time the, the, the that the Heat played a really good team, it was in Dallas, and then before that, um, well, it was really in Dallas. I guess was the last one, and they and they got they got killed. The Magic aren't as good as Dallas, but they're playing well, like you said, and they're they're a formidable foe, and they're one that always plays the Heat tough, like I said. So. I think Heat fans are a little nervous is, is sort of what I'm getting at for this one. Yeah. I mean, and, and I, I mean, I would say, you know, I think magic fans are, are, you know, like you said, there's this, there's this confidence about this team. Like, and, and, you know, like, look, the magic are in this kind of sweet spot where there, there's no external prep. There's no internal pressure to do anything. Like the, the players are all talking. Our goal is to make the playoffs. We want to be in the postseason. by playoffs. I assume they mean the postseason and the play in tournament and all that front office has no expectations for that. You know, a lot of, th- you know, the magic are three games now away from matching last year's win total. I think there are 10 or 11 games ahead of last year's pace. So it, it already feels like this season's a success. We could see some of the things that this team's going to be when they mature, when they grow up and they add some, some depth and some veteran pieces to make them, make them better. Um, and so it, it, a lot of this right now feels like the magic are playing with house money. Like they got yeah. Paolo, they got Franz. Those are two stars. Um, and, and this, it, like, like we said, this magic team starting to come together and expect more of themselves. And so, you know, I think this weekend, you know, really this next like five game stretch for the magic is really interesting. They play, uh, Miami, Chicago, back to back Chicago is a big one, obviously, because just for the standings implications, you can really pick up, you pick up a full game on, on a team that, that way. Um, then they go to Philadelphia for two games and they get Minnesota and Charlotte on, on, on a four game road trip to end a four game road trip. Um, so this is a really interesting stretch to see how this team matures. You know, you say that uh, Orlando has given Miami problems, and I think that's generally true. I would always say Orlando always struggles with Miami and their switching defense. Um, yes. Because they didn't they didn't have a guy who could get into the lane and, and create for himself. You know, now but now they have Markel Fultz, who's really good at getting the getting into the paint and and find and finding his spots and his pockets to score or to or to pass. Yeah, Paolo Bancaro, who's, you know, for rookie has just been a machine getting to the foul line. I think he's under eight free throw attempts per game now, but he spent most of the season above that mark. Uh, and then they have Fra- Franz Wagner. So they have a lot of guys who can attack those switches a lot better than they did uh, in previous years. And so I think you're right from earlier that Miami's going to have to switch their defenses up to try and confuse the magic a little, magic mm-hmm. a little bit because the switching that bugged Orlando a ton and I think the blowout wins that the Heat had last year, probably not going to work as successfully this time around. Well, let's talk more about sort of the matchups here because I think there's a lot of interesting stuff to get to. We're going to talk about that and some of the keys for this game for both teams here. But first, today's episode is brought to you by LinkedIn. As a small business owner or hiring manager, you know that success in 2023 all depends on the team members you surround yourself with. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs can help you 
hire qualified candidates more efficiently by matching open roles with people who have the skills, values, and experiences to help you achieve your goals. LinkedIn Jobs helps you quickly attract qualified candidates to, to your open jobs with targeting tools that go beyond resume data by using insights from your job post, company, and their 875 million member profiles to put your post in front of the most qualified candidates. Identify the most qualified candidates on LinkedIn Jobs and connect with them fast and for free. LinkedIn Jobs makes it easy to screen and rate applicants based on your job qualifications all on one platform. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates that you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash LockedOnNBA. That's linkedin.com slash LockedOnNBA to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Thanks again for making Locked On Heat and Locked On Magic your first listen every day. We are always available on YouTube and your favorite podcast app. Um, let's talk about some of the matchups there. Um, you're mentioning right before we went to break, Marco Fultz, by the way, Heat fans, he's not the Marco Fultz. Like, he's a good player. Like, I, yes. He's a starting level point guard. Great story. Love to see it. Love to see that from Marco Fultz. He's found a good rhythm and a good groove in Orlando with the right amount of expectations on him, like you said, sort of feels like house money. Great ecosystem for Marco Fultz. He has not been playing with house money basically since he was taken number one overall up until this year. That said, um, the Heat have sort of shifted their offense quite a bit since I think the last time these two teams played. Last year, everything was very much, all right, it's Kyle Lowry, it's Jimmy Butler. Obviously, you, you know, you get Bam and Tyler Hero and all those guys in certain doses, but it felt like it started and, and ended with Jimmy and Lowry last year, where this year Miami's tilted their offense all the way into this Tyler Hero Bam out of Bam out of Bio two man game, and their pick and roll partnership is one of the most efficient in the NBA this year, um, and it, and it looks like that. Like the eye test also bears that out. Like it, it is smooth. They have a great chemistry together. You know, you got Bam setting the screen. He'll rescreen when Tyler wants to go the other way. Like all this, there's a good chemistry that they've built up over the last four years. Um. And and so I think that's going to be the challenge for Orlando. I, they have enough paint bodies where they could take that away at the rim. But Bam's also got – he's leading the NBA in paint points mostly because he's got that little 11-foot, 10-foot little floater that he's hitting at like a 52% mark over the last month or so. It's crazy what he's doing right now from that range. At the same time, Orlando's got a lot of length, and they could kind of crowd that space a little bit. Now, Bam has gotten much better – kind of finding those shots against length. But Orlando just has like a lot and a lot and a lot of length. Like the last yeah. time I think the Bam, that, that Bam had to really deal with this was Milwaukee. Obviously, they've got Brooke Lopez. They were without Giannis in that game. And so it would. I, I was really curious to see what that was going to look like if it was like Giannis and like on that help side 
plus Brooke Lopez sort of defending Bam in that painted area. Instead, it was just Brooke, and Bam had his way with him. That's not going to, like, I don't know that the Magic have a defender like Brooke Lopez, but they just have a lot of long defenders and a lot of sort of arms that they can use to crowd Bam's space. How do you think that's going to play out? Yeah, I mean, I think that's that's going to be the interesting thing because, you know, I think the Magic are potentially a really strong defensive team. You know, like, we could see all the defensive talent that they have, um, but the execution of it has been spotty at best. I mean, they, they the, the last three games are a great example of this. They gave up a, a 130 points to Washington on Saturday. They come back, give up only 98 to that Boston offense with Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown in the game. Um, so maybe fewer excuses there for, for the Celtics. Uh, they seem to be a team that likes excuses. Uh, uh, it's rival. It's rivalry week. We can, we can poke fun. At, we can poke fun at our rivals here. Right. Um, it's it, it, they, they go from that and then they give up, you know, and I, I thought they generally played good defense when, uh, Wednesday night against Indiana. They gave up 120 points against Indiana. You know, they had to have their second best offensive game of right. the season to, to beat the Pacers, you know, fairly comfortably one, the 126, 120. So, this Magic team can be a little bit Jekyll and Hyde defensively. When, when they're really locked in defensively, they're pretty good, but getting them to be consistently locked in is, is the challenge. And like I said, I don't know what Jonathan Isaac's status is going to be. I, I don't know if the injury report's out but at the time we're recovering uh, recovering this. I um, meant to check before the pod, but didn't, didn't get to it. Um, so apologies there. Um, but, you know, Isaac's only in for 10 minutes a game. You know, you, the, the, the Magic, their defense is really predicated on their ability to position themselves. And so that pick and roll that you're talking about is, is going to be really interesting to watch because they'll have whoever Tyler Hero is, is uh, whoever's defending Tyler Hero, they'll have him trail, they'll have Wendell Carter show, and then it'll be up to Paolo Bancaro or Franz Wagner to be the low man and cut into the middle and cut off the paint. And so some of those short rolls that, that Bam Adebayo likes might be there. There might be a contest. There might be Paolo Bancaro, six, you know, six foot 10 dude in his way as Wendell Carter recovers. They, they, they're willing to give up some three-point attempts. Um, the Magic, I think, are at least uh, at least entering the week. They're one of the best three-point defenses in terms of three-point field goal percentage, but they give up a ton of looks. They give up, mm. I think, the third or fourth most three-point attempts in the league. So while the percentage is low, the volume is much higher. And so that might be kind of the, the trade-off that the Magic are willing to take is like Miami's not as good of a three-point shooting team maybe as they've been in the past. They're willing to give up some of those those threes and make out a bio a passer from the paint rather than give up those paint points. But Orlando's paint defense can get ripped apart too. So it, yeah. it, it, this is a young team. Young teams are inconsistent. Um, but this Magic team's defense can be touch or go. It can be really dangerous. It can be really deadly. But at times it can also be really porous. Just check the uh, injury report while you were talking. And Jonathan Isaac is not on the latest one okay, as of 2.30 on Thursday afternoon. Um, but – uh, no, I think you're exactly right. Like they have the bodies and they might be able to do something at that, on that first action, right? Defensively, like, it's, it's Miami is so good at getting to their second and third actions though. Like they have really figured out what it is that they want to do offensively. They want to kind of start with that Bam and Tyler thing, uh, two man game as their, as their initial trigger. But from there, they've got Jimmy Butler sort of wandering the dunker spot. That's always, that's going to, and Bam is such a good playmaker and passer that he's going to find that dump off nine times out of 10. Right. And so that's that second layer. And then Jimmy Butler, like once he's like five feet within the rim, like good luck, you know, you're just, he's yeah. going to put an elbow into your chest and he's going to score. And he's probably going to draw a foul. And then the other part too, is like beyond the dunker spot stuff, they do a good job of moving off ball. They, they have guys that stand in the corners, but it's more than that too. Like they've got guards setting screens for guards. They've, they, they, they're always sort of their three point shooters are always moving off the ball. And so there's just a lot of layers on, on offense for Miami beyond just that initial 
trigger, which is that Tyler Hero, Bam at about a pick and roll. But you also hit the nail on the head, too. It's like they can get, do all that fun stuff from three-point range and move off the ball, and it's all pretty, and it's all good. And then the shot just clanks off the front of the rim, which has been more – it's been like the case all season long. So that's sort of been the story with Miami is like, are those threes going in? Yeah. This team looks like they can win the finals. If they're not, like they kind of try to have to figure out other ways to win. The other, To me, the key to this game – the Magic turn the ball over a lot. Yep, I was about to say that. <laughs> and uh, they give up a lot of points in transition because of that. Miami's biggest issue is their half-court offense. They want to use their defense to power their offense. And the Magic kind of just let you do that. And so I think like this game is going to come down to how many points do the Heat score in transition. Yeah, I, I agree completely. I was, I was actually just about to bring that up because, yeah. I, you know, I think generally the Magic's half-court offense um, is is fine. I don't think it's like the best in the league or anything, but it's, you know, this team is 20, 20th, 21st, 22nd, 23rd in defensive rating overall. I would imagine their half-court offense is in the teens. Like, it, they're, right. they're, they're, they're fine, but where they get killed is they make a ton of mistakes. And it's, it's turnovers, it's fouls. So when the Magic's defense gets in trouble, you know, as it did, frankly, Wednesday night against Indiana, which is how you lose a 17-point lead and have to kind of go into a shootout with a team on the second night of back-to-back at home, um, you turn the ball over a lot and you foul a lot. And, and, and that's, that's, you know, I think those are young team mistakes. Like again, yeah, like for sure, Terrence Ross is the only player on the magic who's older than 30 and he's out of the rotation right now that Jonathan Isaac's back. Like their magic are playing Isaac. They're playing a bunch of other, they're playing bowl bowl. They're playing a couple other players, but this magic team does get into the, does get into the bad habit of throwing the ball around a little bit of trying to do too much of, you know, try uh, of being unable to kind of get the offense going. And then they start forcing things. And, that's where teams really pounce on them. So, you know, the key, you know, there, there's there's usually three points that I look for when I'm watching a Magic game to determine whether the Magic did the right things and had a good chance to win. Uh, points in the paint are the first. If mm-hmm. the Magic are able to win the points in the paint, their offense is usually working pretty well. Um, if the Magic are winning the free throw battle, that usually means they're, they're playing pretty well. The Magic, I think, are third or fourth in the league in free throw rate this season, which is, you know, a complete reversal of what the last decade has been for the team since Dwight Howard left. Um, Paolo Bancaro is like that has that much kind of fouling gravity. Um, so it's, it's a very real thing. And the third is turnovers and points off turnovers. If the magic are turning the ball over, they're not getting their defense set. They're they're you know, their communication is better. I think they're better in transition than they were say a month ago earlier in the right. season. But you're, if you're giving up a lot of transition points, or a lot of transition opportunities, you're probably losing a lot of games. And so this, it's something that this team has to reel in. And it's something that this team is, it, this team is fighting for to, to be more consistent with. The Magic also has some interesting veterans on the roster. Some decisions maybe to be made before the trade deadline. I know the Heat have been in the rumor mill a lot lately. Kyle Lowry has been out there. Are they going to try to go get a power forward? All this stuff. But I I do wonder if the Orlando Magic and the Miami Heat might have something to do together. We're going to talk about that next here uh, on our crossover episode of Locked on Heat and Locked on Magic, which is brought to you by FanDuel, the, N- the NFL playoffs are here we're really excited about our new sports betting partner for the locked on podcast network because they're the number one sports book in america it's FanDuel, and if you're new to FanDuel, that's even better they have so many great features that make betting on sports fun and easy new customers join today to get us to get started with 150 dollars in free bets guaranteed when you place your first five dollar bet so you place five bucks and you're getting 150 uh, dollars in free bets back. Just sign up at fanduel.com slash locked on. FanDuel has all of your favorite bets. 
from the money line to point spreads to player props. Plus, you can even combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with same game parlay. Uh, we mentioned the NFL playoffs, conference championships uh, this weekend. You've got San Francisco in Philadelphia. The Eagles are favored by two and a half points. Cincinnati in Kansas City. The Chiefs are favored by just one point. Don't overthink this, people. If you think that the Niners or the Bengals are going to pull off the upset, just bet on them. Don't worry about the line. They're that close. Um, at least that's my advice. All on an app that's safe, secure, and super easy to use. So football fans don't miss out. Place your first $5 bet to get $150 in free bets, win or lose, at FanDuel.com slash on. Make every moment more with FanDuel, official sportsbook partner of the NFL. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. All right, let's do this uh, trade deadline, February 9th. What are the Orlando Magic kind of looking to do? They don't strike me as buyers, but they have some interesting players, Terrence Ross, Gary Harris, sort of veterans that maybe playoff contenders might be looking uh, to acquire. Mo Bamba has sort of been out there. What are the Magic looking to do before the deadline, if anything? Yeah, I, I, I'm the, honestly like I am trying to wrap my head around what the Magic want to do at the deadline too. You know, I think generally you know, they like the group that they have and they want to see it continue to grow They're They're not, you know, like Jeff Waltman, the president of basketball operations for a team has come out and said, we're not looking for the sugar high of a playoff of a playoffs of a playoff seating. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're, we're looking to not skip steps in this process and give this team the chance to, to get better and not, you know, kind of ruffle the ruffle the boat. Um, Waltman has certainly not been afraid to make deals. He acquired Marco Fultz at the trade deadline. He got bowl bowl at last year's trade deadline. Uh, obviously they did the teardown trades in, in 2021, uh, that kind of reset this whole thing. That kind of reset this whole franchise. So I, I, I'm still struggling to kind of get a sense of what the Magic want to do because I, I agree with you. I don't think they're going to be aggressive enough to go be a buyer. They're not trying to like save the season. I know I tell my view, my listeners and viewers this all the time. This season is not about this season. Like, right. it, like it's it, if the Magic make the play in, great. That that means they accomplish a lot of things they wanted to accomplish. If they don't make the play in, it's not a reason to panic. Um, because this team has shown tremendous growth and you're going to see what this team needs to kind of take those next steps. And, you know, I always, I kind of say this too, like the deadlines about buyers and sellers It's about who has something that another team wants real fast. How do you set yourself up for the off season? The magic have a ton of draft picks. They got all their own picks. They got Denver's Denver's pick in 2025. They got a Denver first in 2025. They got Chicago's pick in this year's draft. If it's not in the top four, they got a ton of second round picks. Do they really need to go out and get another couple picks? Is that really going to help this team? They're already too young. If anything, right. the big goal that the Magic should have this 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 uh, season is you know to start either consolidating some players, like trading two young players for a veteran player that will fit the rotation, um, or kind of clearing the way so that other young players can play. Like I, I I personally believe that you know they want to play their second round pick Caleb Houston. He's been played played sparingly this year. 
He's been really effective when he's been in or, or fairly effective when he's been in, but there's just no room to play him right now. But they, right. They're, they're running a 10, 11 man rotation there. You know, Terrence Ross isn't even playing right, right, right now with Jonathan Isaac back. So, uh, you know, I, I think it's, it's hard to get a sense of what the magic want to do. Uh, I always say if the right deal comes or comes along, you listen to it, obviously, but you know, I, I think the magic are probably going to be picking around the margins again and, and do a lot more of their heavy lifting to really prep this team to be a, a winning playoff caliber team in the off season. Yeah. You said it. I mean, the trade deadlines for buyers and sellers, you can also say it's for people that are acting urgently and, and like you just explained, like the magic are not acting with urgency and they shouldn't like that's that there's no need to panic. There's no need to do anything drastic. Like you've got your two dudes, right? You got Franz Wagner, you got Paolo Bencaro. Uh, I, I know that there's been some like, Hey, should maybe are the magic like a Fred Van Vliet destination? Like, I don't know. Like, on paper, it kind of makes sense, but they got they got cap room this summer if they want to sign up. So what, right. if they want to sign him. So why give up anything this year unless you just want to give unless you need his bird rights to, to convince him to, to be here? Like and I'm also like not I think I'm not sure that's the right deal anyway. <laughs> yeah, there's still more to see with Fultz, and I, I I'm not gonna give up on Jalen Suggs for a long time. I, I love him. So I, I think that there's like all right, we there's enough to still see there. Like there's no reason to sort of make that move. Um I, I do think that there's something to be said about Terrence Ross and Gary Harris. Like you said, veteran guys, if the right deal comes along, why not? Add some picks, add some younger players, maybe consolidate, free up some space, you know, for some of the more younger guys to get minutes and stuff like that. In terms of what Miami's looking for, uh, Terrence Ross makes sense for the Heat. I just, I don't know how a deal, he's making $11.5 million dollars expiring. Yeah, just, and I, and there's no like, real way to stack and, the and dollars the magic, for Miami like, to get And there. like the Magic have, the magic have worked really hard to just be really financially flexible. Like all their right. contracts that they've signed have a lot of non-guarantees. Like Jonathan Isaac's contract for next year is completely non-guaranteed. They're going right. to pick that. They're going to pick that guarantee up. Like they're, that's no loss to them, but the highest paid player on this team has a non-guaranteed deal. Gary Harris signed a two-year deal. Next year's non-guaranteed. Mo Bamba signed a two-year deal. Next year's non-guaranteed. Uh, you know, I know, the Heat are trying to pawn Duncan Robinson on whoever. I was they just going to say, I was, I, was about to, I, was, I was about to do the, uh, for Heat fans, what that means is no, the Magic are not taking exactly, Duncan exactly. Robinson. I, I, I mean, but like there's, there's a couple other guys I think the Magic could and should be interested in. Like I would say the biggest immediate need for the Magic, like if the Magic are looking to shore something up for this, this season, they need a backup center um, because, you know, right. Wendell Carter plays, plays center. Yeah, they could do small ball lineups with Paolo or possibly even Jonathan Isaac at center, but their two backup centers are Mo Bamba and Mo Wagner. Mo Wagner's been more than serviceable. He's been solid, but he's not much of a paint presence. He's a positional defender, but when his positioning's off, he's he gets in trouble. And right. you know, he's done he gives you a little bit offensively, but not a ton. He's he's a great third center. I think he's done fantastic. And then you have Mo Bamba, who still has all this potential. He has a big game here and there. But his defensive presence and defensive understanding are as strong as they should be for someone who's been in the league as long as he has and has the length and right. and block and shot blocking potential as he does. There's a reason why the Magic are openly shopping him. And so, you know, there's a couple of players out there like Isaiah Hartenstein was a guy that was linked to the Magic in free agency. He just signed what a three four year deal. Yeah, I think I think the Magic might be interested in taking him out, off the Knicks' hands. Um, because he hasn't really worked out with New York, but at the same time, it's like, you know, you, do the magic want to commit four years to that kind of a player right, right now, instead of keeping their books wide open for when they're really ready to make a play. And, yeah, and that I know, could be soon. 
I, and I know the Heat were interested in Mo Bamba in the offseason. Bamba obviously re-signed $20 million deal for two years, $10.3 million this year. He's another one of those kind of guys with the contract, $10.3 million next year, but that's non-guaranteed also. I do wonder if the Heat would circle that wagon again, but it, it's it's a tough dollar figure to get back yeah. up to. So you could start with like a $5 million Dwayne Dedman contract, but then what? Like it, You'd have to throw Kayla Martin into that, and then it's like, all right, you're really going to start you're, you're going to trade a starter for Mo Bamba, and you, you, you just outlined all the issues with Mo Bamba. I, that doesn't move the needle for Miami. That would be a, taking a step back, even if you're sort of in on him as, in terms of his upside. That's not what – you're not going to trade a ready-made starter right now in Caleb Martin for a guy – for sort of look, a gamble. And look, if you're the Heat, like, I, I don't care what your record what your record is, you believe that's a championship-capable team. Like, that's, that is the level that the Heat should be thinking and, and playing at. Um, and so – to, to make kind of a marginal move or a cost cutting move that that's, that's, that's going away a year in your window, essentially. And, and that, but I mean, that I, I know the reports are kind of been out there. That Butler window is feels like it's starting to close a little bit. Yeah, it is. And that's the other thing. It's like, if you're going to make a move, you're looking to get somebody that's proven that, you know, and, and look, uh, David Ramil, my co-host makes this point all the time. And it's a very good one. When you look at what the heat have done in terms of mid season trades, they're not really taking like by like they're not making the Rui Hachimura deal. You know what I mean? And I like that deal for the Lakers. That's a yeah. fine deal for the Lakers, but they don't make that deal. They make the Andre Iguodala, Jay Crowder deal like the year before they went into the bubble, right before they went into the bubble run. They they go get proven veteran guys that they know can help for a playoff run. Like I said, I think Terrence Ross would be very helpful in Miami. That's the kind of guy that I think would make sense. Gary Harris, ditto for him. Just he'd have no way of getting up to that dollar figure. Now, if one of them gets bought out or something like that, now we're maybe and, having and, a conversation, and, and, but that'd be about it. And I would, and look, I, and, and I know like Gary Harris is getting a lot of traction. I am increasingly believing that Gary Harris is not on the table, that like he is mm. doing really good, good things for the young team. But Gary Harris and Terrence Ross are the two veterans on the team. There's no way the magic let both go. And, you know, Ross kind of made it known in the offseason. He'd like to play for a contender. He'd like to be playing playoff basketball. Um, he is, like he's had a good year. Like he's, he's bounced back this year. He's shown that he can still play at, at a high level. I, I think he's been great around these guys. Um, but the Magic have other players. They probably want to – it would not surprise me if the Magic don't trade Terrence Ross, and, and I don't think they'll mm. get very much for him in the market. If the Magic don't trade Terrence Ross, it would not surprise me if he ends up on the scenario market, uh, after the deadline. Should be a fun one. Friday night. I'm really excited. I'll be there at the arena. I'm super excited to see Paolo up close. I love it. And, and he's, Franz, he's by fun. the way. I love he's both. Fun. I, Franz is also fun. I'm, I'm it's so, a fun team. Like, yeah. like literally, like it's it's the magic are in that sweet spot where they're good and where they're good. They're no longer bad and fun. They're they're okay and fun. <laughs> right. So it's 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 a it's a good it's a fun place for the fan base because now like like I'll I'll like I'll 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 get arguments from fans who are like, man. Jamal Mosley is just his rotations are, are bad. And I'm just like, you, you do realize we're now arguing about rotations and not about like this, the, the future of this franchise is going to be doomed. It's Who like, cares? We're in a good spot, we're, we're in a good spot here, guys. Yeah. Let's slow down. Let's enjoy, let's enjoy this moment for a little bit. Thanks again for making us your first listen. Locked on Heat, Locked on Magic every day. Remember to subscribe to new episodes of Locked on Heat and Locked on Magic on your favorite podcast app and on YouTube. Ring the bell to get notified as soon as new episodes go up. Now make your second listen, Game to Game NBA. Every moment, every top performance, every result, Locked On Game to Game covers every game from across the NBA with local analysis that only Locked On can deliver. Follow Game to Game on Locked On NBA. It's available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcast. Philip, this is fun, buddy. This is fun. Let's do it again. Let's do it again in the Eastern Conference Finals.
Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.